Where's God? Where was God? Where is he? Where is he moving in my life? It's right here that a lot of people say it must not be real. And they walk away and they bail ship. And they don't understand that if you would just hang on, God's plan would be revealed to you. Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire, author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God. No doubt about it. Doubt is one of the giants many people struggle with in the back corners of their mind. Hi, and welcome to Life Talk. I'm Jeff Wickwire, and thank you for joining us today. This time, we're continuing a new series that I've called Disarming Your Giants with a look at Disarming the Giant of Doubt. You know, in all honesty, there have been many times in my own Christian walk where a question about, say, something in the Bible has brought doubt to me. But I discovered that God never rebukes an honest doubter and will bring an answer to the questions plaguing you, sometimes in the most unexpected ways. Perhaps today something has triggered a doubt in your mind about God or the Bible or even Christianity itself. If so, grab your Bible and follow along as I share what I believe will be a helpful message on disarming the giant of doubt. Now think with me for a minute. The one who said, are you the one that we should be looking for or do we look for another? That same John the Baptist is the one who pointed to Jesus as he was baptizing in the river Jordan and Jesus began to approach. And John the Baptist pointed to him and he did not say, behold, maybe the Lamb of God or behold, that might be the Lamb of God or behold, perhaps that's the Lamb of God. He said, behold, emphatically, that is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He had no doubt when he said that. It's the same John the Baptist who was standing there when Jesus came up out of the water and the Bible says the Spirit of God descended upon him in the form of a dove and it was visible. John saw that. Are you the one that we are to be looking for or do we look for another? It was the same John the Baptist standing there when an audible voice thundered from heaven and said, This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. He heard it. He was standing there. This John the Baptist is the one of whom Jesus said, not a greater man has been born among women than John. It was that John. And yet, what in the world has happened? Now he's saying, are you the one that we are to look for? Do we look for another? We find him in prison. He's in prison for calling out Herod and Herodias's adultery. They didn't like hearing the straight truth about their relationship, so they had him thrown into prison. And John knows that he's in his final days. I think he senses, I'm not emerging from this prison. This is it. It's the curtain call. I'm not coming out. My days are done. I can feel it. They're not going to let me return home. So I want to be sure that I've got my faith where it ought to be. 
and he was having a moment of doubt. Rather than shining forth with unmovable resolve and confidence, this great man, who was the heralder of the coming of Jesus, is tossed with doubt. Are you the Messiah we've been expecting, or do we look elsewhere? Now Jesus answered him. Jesus sent a messenger and said, You tell John the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the dead are raised, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. Jesus knew that John knew what the earmarks of the ministry of the Messiah would be. So he said, you tell him all the miracles that are happening. And that is how he confirmed to John that he was indeed the Messiah. But my point is this. He had a season of doubt. If there is anybody you could have lined up for me in the Bible who I would have expected would have experienced doubt, John wouldn't have been one of them. But he did. He had doubt. Now, Newsflash, if John the Baptist can experience doubt, you can and I can. Doubt is common to everybody. Now, let me tell you what doubt is defined as, just so we can understand each other. Here's doubt. It simply means to be uncertain about something. To be uncertain about something. To be unconvinced that something is true. There are people who want to believe. I had a woman tell me one time, Jeff, I want to pray. I really wish that I could have faith to pray but I just have doubts that anybody's hearing me. She was very honest with me. And I got to tell you, there have been many times in my Christian life where I experienced doubt. I was born into a family that had an intellectual bent. My dad was, had a genius IQ. He was in that national club called Mensa. So he was a very cerebral thinking, widely read man. And when I got saved as a 16 year old in juvenile home, Uh, Believe me, I went home guns blazing. I have found the Messiah. And the first thing I got was peppered and sprayed with all kinds of questions that were deeper than the average bear. And they threatened to knock the props out from under my newfound faith. And so I had to dig deep and I had to dig hard and I had to search early on for answers to questions sewn into my mind that brought doubt. And I found that if you're an honest doubter and you go to God with it, God will give you an honest answer. You don't have to wallow and wander in doubt. God will answer you. And some of you listening to me right now, some watching, you have doubts. Deep down inside, you have doubts. There are certain things you cannot fully enter into in God because you are hindered. There's a roadblock of doubt. It's like a little gnat flying around the outer periphery of your soul, or it could be like a wolf that is really chewing on you, a doubt. You want to believe it, you're just uncertain about some things. You're unconvinced that some things about God are true. Let me just give you some uh, comforting words right now. It's okay to doubt. It's normal to doubt. As a matter of fact, if you've got an IQ above room temperature, you're thinking enough to have some doubts. Thinking people doubt, and we're all thinking people. It's not a sin to doubt. There is nothing sinful about having an honest doubt. In fact, you've probably got some now, you've had some, and you're going to have some more, and I want to assure you that Jesus doesn't look at you and say, well, I just can't believe they're doubting. That's sin. I'm against them for doubting. God doesn't do that. You know, Jesus was always pointing out doubt in the lives of his disciples. You remember when Simon Peter said, Lord, if that's you walking on the water, call me out. 
Jesus said, come. And Simon Peter stepped out of the boat and was literally walking on water. Oh, please. Everybody talks about how he sank. That man was walking on water for a while. Okay? But then it says he looked at the waves, looked at the wind. He took his eyes off Jesus and he began to sink. Now, the Bible says that Jesus reached out and grabbed him and pulled him up. And he said this to him. He said, you have so little faith. Why did you doubt? Now, the original language suggests, why did you doubt me? Why'd you doubt me? Why'd you doubt? I'm not going to let you sink. I'm not going to let you drown. I'm here. You could have walked on water as long as you wanted to, as long as your eyes were on me. But why'd you doubt? Now, let me make a distinction today. There is a difference between doubt and unbelief. Many people think that doubt is sort of the evil flip side of faith. If you're doubting, that is the two sides of the coin. One side is faith, the other side is doubt. And if you're walking in doubt, then that's the evil, wrong, sinful flip side of faith. But it's not. Doubt is not the evil flip side of faith. Unbelief is. Unbelief is the evil, sinful flip side of faith. Listen to what the Bible says, Hebrews 3.12. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Now, here's what unbelief is. It is a willful refusal to believe in spite of all the apparent facts. There are people who have rejected Christ, rejected God, who have walked away from him, not because they didn't truly believe he was there, but because they did not want him. So in spite of all the evidence, they walked away in an evil heart of unbelief And that is sin. When you've got all the evidence, but you walk away in unbelief and go your own way, that's what's going to be judged in the last day. Unbelief. But that's not the way that God sees doubt. See, the doubter has real, genuine questions. They're honest doubters. They're honest seekers. They really want some questions answered And they're not being malicious about it. They're not using it as an excuse to walk away from God. They've just got some unsettledness inside, and they need an answer. But the one with unbelief says, I don't want him. I want to go my own way. Let me tell you something. If you ever arrive at a place where all your doubts are gone and all your questions are answered, take a deep breath and relax because you have arrived in heaven. Thank God in heaven there will be no more doubt. No more questions, no more pain, no more sorrow, no more heartache, no more extra strength, etc. No more doctors, no more temptation, no more devil in heaven. But until then, we have to struggle and deal with many things. The Bible says that it is by much tribulation we enter into the kingdom of God. I really think it might be a good thing, and I told the first two services this, I really think it might be a good thing, and I'm thinking about doing it at least for a season. If every door, hanging over every door of every church in America, there was a sign with two words, and it said, doubters welcome. Doubters welcome. Because I think the perception of the church is, no, we got it all together. We've got all the answers. When you decide to catch up, you can catch up. But in the meantime, if you come in here, we've got it all together. We are together, man. We've got all the answers. We have no more questions. 
And that attitude is given to our culture when, in fact, it's not true. We deal with doubts. We deal with temptations. We deal with failures. We deal with defeats. I don't want to give that impression. So I want to say to anybody wondering about coming here, watching, listening by radio, if you have doubts, you are welcome. If you've got questions, you are welcome. If you're uncertain, come on to Turning Point. If you're a skeptic, Come inside. If you're searching for truth, we will not look down on you because we're all in the same seeking, struggling, reaching, believing boat. You know, when you read history, it's a historical fact that some of the greatest doubters have often become the strongest believers. Oh, I can think of several. And do you know that honest doubts, once resolved, often become the foundation of an unshakable faith? That is where you had that strongest doubt, and when God answers it, it becomes the strongest part of your foundation, because once you're convinced, you are really, really convinced. And here's the good news. If you're an honest seeker, God will give you an honest answer, and sometimes in a miraculous way. Looking back on my own life, my former doubts have proven to be, and I had some. I had questions about the Word of God sometimes, where it seemed like there were contradictions, and I couldn't make sense of it. I couldn't reconcile the contradictions, and I had to ask God to help me, and he did. There were times I doubted the full veracity of the Word of God. There were times I doubted my salvation when I was struggling as a young Christian. There were times when I just had doubts, and I would read things, and my parents would say things to me that would throw me for a loop for a while. But my former doubts have proven to be the very things that made my faith stronger once they were answered, and they were all answered. Frederick Buechner put it this way, doubts are the ants in the pants of faith. (laughs) I like that. Doubts are the ants in the pants of faith. What does that mean? That means you're cooking along, everything's fine, all of a sudden you get a doubt. Well, you can either let that doubt take you down and out, or you can let that doubt cause you to search and pray and dig deeper than you ever would have. And when the answer finally comes, you realize that those doubts have worked for your good. They were like ants in the pants of your faith. You grew. They took away your ability to sit there and just cruise control through life. And some of you have got doubts today, and if you ask God to answer those doubts, those doubts are going to be like ants in the pants of your faith. You're going to get up and be moving forward on a level you never would have before. They keep it awake and moving, doubts do. They keep our faith awake and moving. Now, doubt manifests itself in three arenas of life, primarily. Let me give them to you. First, there's intellectual doubts. This is where... I really experienced a lot, and my dad did as well. By the way, I was, had the joy of leading my dad to Christ a few years before he died. So that was pretty cool. God really did that. But there are intellectual doubts. These are doubts often raised by people outside of the church. And we've got a lot of people out there now. A new atheist movement has gained ground. Really best-selling atheistic books are being published. College students are reading them. A lot of professors in Christ are reading them. And they sow doubts about our faith, intellectual doubts. We hear all the time, how can the Bible be the Word of God? How do you know the Bible 
is the word of God. How can you prove it? It's just like any other book written by men. That's what we hear. Or how do you know Jesus was the son of God? He was just like other teachers, other world religious leaders. He just had a lot of charisma, said good things, but he wasn't. How do you know he's the son of God? Or come on, you don't really believe that a dead man got up from the dead. You don't really believe that resurrection stuff. Come on, that's not logical. No, but it's godical. I just thought of that. (laughs) Maybe I coined a new word, godical. All right. Popular books by unbelieving, very charismatic and convincing atheists like Richard Dawkins and Sam Harris and Christopher Hitchens wrote all these great, not great in the sense of great, but bestsellers that millions read, and it knocked the props out from under the legs of their faith. Fictional novels like The Da Vinci Code, Dan Brown made a movie out of it, have also sown the seeds of doubt in the hearts of literally millions and millions of people. Convincing, not to mention the pervasive influence of evolution. I think that's the worst one because from a time a child is yay high, growing all the way up until they go off to college, they are taught that something came from nothing, that there is no God, that long, long, long ago there was a little amoeba that crawled out of some ancient sea and eventually grew legs and arms and eyes and became all these different species. And looking at it at face value, it is absolutely logically crazy. (laughs) And yet we are told that it's science. But let me give you some news today. Evolution is not settled science. It has never been settled science. So they taught to me like it was settled. I know they did, but it was wrong. It's not settled. You are not fearfully and wonderfully evolved. You are fearfully and wonderfully made, fashioned, designed by God. Evolution will make a monkey out of you. Now you say, Pastor Jeff, you ought not make fun because everybody knows. If you have a thinking brain, everybody knows that evolution is a fact. It is not a fact. It has never been proven to be a fact. Like global warming has never been proven to be a fact that we're told it's settled science. It's not settled. Look around you. Clearly, the creation was by design. An artist made it. His name is God. The birds. Kathy, I've been waking up every morning at the beautiful sound of this bird singing who knows that it's spring. This bird is letting everything know that it's spring. Sitting in the top of our tree, just singing to his heart's content from the rising of the sun all day long, sitting in one place, just singing. And I look at that and I go, that just happened? Let me tell you something. Something doesn't come out of nothing. You know what comes out of nothing? Nothing. Now, I could park right here, but i got to move on. You see, all the reasons that doubt is sown, intellectual doubt. Then there's spiritual doubts. Spiritual doubts are usually experienced by people who are born again, who are in the church, who are children of God, but they have spiritual doubts. And here's the way they manifest. Am I really a Christian? If I really believed, if I am, why is it so hard for me to pray? 
Why do I have so many doubts if I am a Christian? If I've been forgiven, why do I still feel guilty? Why is it taking so long for me to experience healing? I've just got questions. That's the spiritual doubts. Now, there's a third kind, circumstantial doubts. And circumstantial doubts, I think, are the most destructive. And they're the most common. Circumstantial doubts is the most common category because it encompasses all the whys and wherefores of life. Why did my child die? Why did my marriage break up? Why am I so lonely and alone? If God's with me, why am I so alone? Why can't I find somebody? Why did my good Christian friend betray me? If God is really there. Where was God when I was abused by that person as a child? Where was God? Now watch this. These are the questions that arise at the intersection of faith and the painful reality of living in a fallen world. That's when these doubts arise. My faith says one thing, but living in this painful world tells me another, and I can't reconcile the two, so I've got doubts. Where's God? Where was God? Where is he? Where's he moving in my life? It's right here that a lot of people say it must not be real, and they walk away and they bail ship, and they don't understand that if you would just hang on, God's plan would be revealed to you. Well, I hope this has helped you in your own struggle with doubt. Let me encourage you to take your doubts to God. You know, I assure you that He will not rebuke you for having questions. It has an amazing way of getting answers to your questions right to you. And let me take this moment to encourage you to take advantage of the many resources offered on our Life Talk website. You'll find a large archive of past messages free to download, as well as other helpful materials. Just go to lifetalkradio.us. That's lifetalkradio.us. We would love to have you visit. And be sure to join us next time as we continue with part two of the message, Disarming the Giant of Doubt. Until then, I really do pray God's rich blessings be yours. Isn't it great when things are a little easier? Like connecting to Life Talk Radio and Pastor Jeff on your mobile devices anywhere, anytime. Then here's great news. Now, Pastor Jeff, Life Talk Radio, and Turning Point Church are just a few clicks away with a new TPC Family app. With the new TPC Family app on your mobile phone or tablet, there are loads of helpful features to keep you connected in an easy and fun way. Watch Pastor Jeff streaming live on Sundays and Wednesdays from Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Or watch on-demand videos from recent services you may have missed. Listen to Life Talk radio programs on demand. Today's broadcast or catch up on any of the great teachings from Pastor Jeff on past Life Talk programs. You can even help continue Life Talk Radio's outreach and impact on the nation with the gospel by giving securely online. Now you can even text your gift to Life Talk and the amount you would like to give to 30131. 
and you'll find contact information and directions to Turning Point Church, upcoming events, broadcast station listings for Life Talk Radio, and much, much more. Plus, the new TPC Family app is free and available on Apple or Android devices. To download the new TPC Family app, simply type in the keyword TPC Family as one word with no spaces in the Apple Store or the Google Play Store and get connected. So what are you waiting for? Download the free TPC Family app today and make your life a little easier. Disarming the Giant of Doubt is the seventh message of Pastor Jeff's new series, Disarming Your Giants. You can own a copy of this 10 CD set for just $50 plus shipping. Log on to livetalkradio.us or call us toll free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series, Disarming Your Giants, for only $50 plus shipping by logging on to lifetalkradio.us or calling us toll-free at 877-884-3111 for more information. You've been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. To find out more about Dr. Wickwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener-supported ministry. We exist to bring God's Word to thousands of people in your area on this great station. So your prayers and financial support go a long way in helping us with this endeavor. Please prayerfully consider helping us. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to meeting with you once again on our next Life Talk broadcast.